Blog Talk Radio. to raise the question, what is it that we're going to do independent of white people? It is very, very hard for us to envision a world without white people. But we cannot create our own agenda until and unless we can define an agenda that can envision a world in which they don't exist. Now we have to wake up and come back to the reality of them. But certainly when we talk about a future, we have to talk about a future from our point of view and our historical understanding of reality. Hetepu, Indamanesh, Indamana, Nangadeth, Majwo, Habargan, Salbona, Anisogoma, Peace, War. Pan-African Greetings family, this is Kamal McCase Tidahuti, and you have entered Africa's reascension. As usual, we will start off every show with an apae or a libation, which deliberately and consciously calls upon the energies of our African guides, our African spirit forces, and the forces of those yet born to guide and bless this endeavor. A go, a go, a go. Odumakuma, Inyame, Inyame Wa, a treaty upon, a Sasaya, Beje Insa, Abasum Insa, Abasum Po Insa, Nana Sergibi Insa, Nana Esiketua Insa, Nana Dadakofi Insa, Nana Tigre, Nana Tigre, Nana Tigre Insa, Nana Kumi Insa, Nana Sankofensa, Kweku Friensa, Akonadia Benansa, Asubontinensa, Bochuriwansa, Tamensansa, Oya, 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 Ensa, Shango, Ensa, Jehuti, Ensa, Maat, Ensa, Nananom and Samanfu, Ensa, Ensamanfu Abasuafau, Ensa, Abasum, Abasu Afawansa. Yeshremo Yansa. Yeshremo Ahodin. Yeshremo Enchera. Yeshremo Sikapa. Yeshremo Enkwasu. Yeshremo Enkwasu Abasu Afaw. Yeh Enkwasu. I ask that you, Odomakuman, and Yame and Yame Wa, Treaty Upon, Olorum, and Guy, Quoth, and Yame, to use me in this form to impart clarity and cultural consistency with it <clears throat> to all within the sound of my voice. May I speak directly to their soon soon, their spirit, and reawaken the long, dormant, and asleep African inside. Medasipa, Medasibio, Mon Piafo, Mon Nekasa, Medasi Nanano, Yo Medasi Nanano. Uh, 
um, no. The apai or the libation is an ancient practice that is still done to this day in all rural traditional areas throughout the continent. Past, present, and future become one as those of tomorrow look upon what we are doing now and drawing strength from and doing the rituals of yesterday. So again, welcome everyone to Africa's Reascension. I'm a bit scattered right now. Um, Excuse me. I'm trying to upload something. And the great services blog talk is not letting me. Um, Of course, you know, it's my fault. I thought it would be quick and no big issue and no big deal. Then I got caught in a few magnificent phone conversations right beforehand, so I couldn't do it then. Um, But, uh, um, man, it's not loading up. Um. But, yeah, we're going to do the show regardless. Um, uh, Upload task is interrupted. Why does the upload task keep being interrupted, especially right now? Um, Okay. Anyway. So, yes, so... We've been getting some good responses from the last show, The Law of Irreconcilable Realities, African versus Caucasoid. And I finally figured out how to um, upload graphics and everything and create a blog. So if you go to the show page, you will see two great um, graphs or descriptions of what cultural disruption and irreconcilable realities, African versus Caucasoid, looks like in a diagram form. So I implore everyone to go to blogsideradio.com slash Kamau, K-A-M-A-U 301, and then, and then click this. The, the, it, yes, it actually is just on that page. And when you scroll down, um, I think either under this week or last week's show, either one, you will see, <coughs> excuse me, my book. You will see two graphics that's from the Sankofa movement, Reafghanization and the Reality of War by Kwame Ajay Mamakuya Pakoto. And since we you know, since it's on the computer you might not be able to read everything. So we'll share. So if you got it up These two graphics, and I put it up there, are on page 215 and 217, respectfully, in the book. So I just want to read, just so so everyone can, you know, make out what's on the page that they're looking at, um, what it says. And so figure eight is the conflict of cultural paradigms. Actually, before I read that, basically what we're, the conflict, Excuse me. The fundamental law of irreconcilable realities is that we, African people, stolen Africans in the diaspora or disrupted Africans um, from the continent, are, are different folks than white folks. Even though we all are human beings, opposable thumbs, walk upright, all that sort of stuff, um, 
when you break it when you get to the level the deeper level of culture and what that means and represents every cultural group is different entity every cultural group is different uh, Dr. Kobe Cambone and his master, master, master work, the African personality in America, and on um, different YouTube clips of um, Baba Amos Wilson. Ah, they both talk about that, how, yeah, all, we as all of humanity share a certain existence, but when you get to the deeper, um, more substantial aspects and meaning of existence, that's when um, culture and, and biogeneticism and things like that kick in, and then you see separation and, and difference, if you will, uh, based on environment, based on your interaction with spirit, um, based on quite a few things, determine your overall, your overarching cultural viewpoint on reality. And then that moves you through the world. And we are we are in a position where we are not acting out of our cultural paradigm. With enslavement, we were brought into someone else's cultural paradigm. And while arrogant crackers, arrogant cargozoids, and arrogant stolen Africans or arrogant helpers of the Caucasoid way will tell us to get over it. That's in the past. We're here now. Let's move beyond that. No one else in the world is doing that. I shared this a few shows ago. Everyone else, all the other traditional folks, are not just sitting around um, waiting for Caucasoids to come save them or thanking them for what they did and, um, you know, just forgetting what their ancestors told them moving on. No, right now as we speak, the entire rest of the world, traditional folks, are looking to their culture, are looking to their past on how to move forward. They're, they're of course, trying to figure out ways to um, make it relevant, uh, getting the younger people to look at it, and making sure it survives but they are looking at it nonetheless because they see that there are that's where um they need to go that's where their survival is and if that's not happening then they die as a people and so we seem to be the only folks and then we got a whole cadre of folks in our own camps that are saying Forget the African thing. The Africa stuff is mumbo jumbo. The Africa stuff don't pay my bills. I'm here now. I'm in a European reality, so I got to do and think and act and pray and whatever like Europeans. And that is only going to lead to failure. Period. Point blank. Period. And Block Talk just ain't going to let me do this and this sucks. Um, so, what the Okotos figured out. 30 years ago, 30, probably closer to 35, 40 years ago, was that we have a reality that we have to tap into as a group of people. And we have to use that reality, that existence, to move us forward. No matter where we are, no matter who may be in temporary control of us, whatever, whatnot, 
you you can adapt and do certain things to do what you need to do. But as far as being, as far as existence and reality, you need to be who you are. And we are African people. And so a long time ago, again, the occultos, they, they, they understood that the, right now the fundamental battle is a conflict of cultural paradigms. It's a war between realities. It is a fight of the African existence versus the Caucasoid existence as far as we're concerned. And if we're going to win this, if we're going to move forward and do some substantial stuff, we need to understand who we are, make that real and a reality in this present day, and then move forward. But if we don't understand that, then ain't, ain't shit going to happen different, basically. And so they were the first group of people, the first organization to really help me concretize the irreconcilable realities piece. And so on page 215, that first one, the paradigm of community and accommodation. So, again, I'm going to read this just in case you can't see it on, the, um, on my blog talk page if you can't see the whole thing. Paradigm of community accommodation. Within this paradigm, the constituent nationalities or clans merge into a singular socio-political entity voluntarily to advance their mutually agreed-upon agenda. A major example is the merger of several nomarchs of the Nile Valley. They established the early Nile Valley civilizations to facilitate the development of hydraulic works along the Nile and the development of food stores to sustain themselves in periods of low inundation. They sought to provide protection from marauding animals and immigrant Asiatics. Another example is the Lunda, the interstate organization of the clans and lineage groups of traditional Africa, also typified as voluntary and peaceful merger to expedite mutual goals. Common to these societies was the value on community lineage and collectivism and the cohesive force of their traditional shrines. You hear that? And the cohesive force of their traditional shrines. Each constituent was unique but connected. That uniqueness was valued as a contribution to the strength and dynamism of the collective whole. All right, blog talk works on it. That is the paradigm of community and accommodation. We are reading from the Conflict of Cultural Paradigms, page 215, if you have your Sankofa Movement book, or the diagram is on my page, <clears throat> blogtalkradio.com slash kamal301. Scroll down, you'll see two graphics. So I'm reading it just in case you can't see it. So now the next one is the paradigm of conquest and domination. Within this paradigm, the constituent nationalities or clans are grouped as resistant satellites of a dominant nationality. Typical of this arrangement was the Spartan, the Spartan model of ancient Greece. It also typifies the former dominant position of the former Soviet Union within the communist, communist or socialist bloc. The U.S. occupies a similar position in the current European order. 
It is only through superior military and industrial might that any order is established or maintained. The ongoing competition for power and domination may cause any singular state or alliance of states to resort to war to establish new power relationships. The consequence of an inordinate value on individualism and the individual pursuit of power and domination and dominion is perpetual adversarial relations and war. So now, that directly ties in to what we're talking about. How can those two (laughs) realities, how can those two paradigms coexist? You've got one where you voluntarily merge into a singular entity for certain agreed-upon goals versus groups that are, are resistant satellites of a dominant nationality or groups that are focused on individualism. And so when we, still, when we continue to look at the bottom of um, page 215, you see how the interaction is going. The African paradigm is in a fragmented position, and then you see the dominant Euro-Asiatic paradigm. And, and you see fragmentation and paralysis of the paradigm of community and accommodation. So once that conquest and domination takes precedent, you will only have conflict, especially if you are community-based, accommodation-based. But then we look at the other graph, and this is um, where the paradigm of community and accommodation is running the show, and you see the neutralization of the war ethic in the lesser or the Eurocentric, Euro-Asiatic paradigm. Cultural identity of the Euro-Asian paradigm is maintained, and the indigenous social order is unchanged. So they even pose it that if and when the the African paradigm of community and accommodation can retake precedent over world affairs, you could have some type of cohesive unity even within Europe, even within these warring European factions. And ever since they crossed the caves, they have been born with each other. Uh, but that's only that can only take place if and when um, we Africans globally get our shit together and then either depleted their numbers to the point to where they couldn't stage a major retaliation or we created a way to um, trump their huge military cards. It would be beautiful if, you know, and this might be going off in the sci-fi, but um, there's been quite a few movies where they send nuclear bombs and stuff. They're, you know, that's the end-all, be-all when they send a nuke to something. And it hits and explodes and it does nothing. At that moment is when you see the collective hope of Europeans die. When they try to nuke you, and shit don't work, 
they they are running to the <laughs> to the drawing boards to figure out, oh man, oh god, what can we do? What can we do? The the, the bullets weren't working, the guns ain't working, and now their their, their nukes ain't working. Of course, they'll still have a cadre in the back trying to figure out how to do something else, but they're a little bit open to talking to cultural groups like you're supposed to fuck to do to, 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 to get some type of world clarity and world peace and stuff like that. Once their their military might is um, shown to be a bit more ineffectual. And so um, that may be what it will take to <laughs> oh okay, I'll check that out. Thanks a lot. Um, so that may be what it'll take to um, get them in the four, and that's that's not a big goal of mine. My goal is to get African people on a particular square, and we move forward. Okay, there we go. Finally, I uploaded good. So again, I'm. Oh, so so now we 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 walk through the conflict of cultural paradigms. We walk through what our paradigm is and what the European paradigm is. So now the other graph, page two seventeen. Again, just in case you can't read the whole thing, I'll go through it. Once you become decultured. And then once you let another culture take over you unquestioningly, like 98% of us are doing now, then you get into the paradigm disruption model. That's on page 217. When you scroll further down, that's what that paradigm is. And so you see for African folks, you have cosmological disruption, cognitive disruption, physical disruption, and spiritual disruption. With the cosmological disruption, you have a separation of your personal self from your historical and cultural self. Do I even need to say anything else with that one? A separation of the personal self from your historical and collective self. The collective self, we're all individuals right now. (laughs) That's what some folks feel. The historical self, Myself goes back to 1619. Myself goes back to 1960. Myself is rooted in the place that I was brought or the place that my American DNA work can take me back to. But a total disconnection from your historical self, which goes at least 200, maybe 300,000 years back, homo sapiens sapiens, in the place that we now call Africa. The collective self, screw everybody else, dog eat dog, this is all that I'm doing, and everybody else, screw them. (laughs) You see that. That's part of the paradigm disruption model. And then a repudiation of racial memory. How many folks ain't black? How many folks ain't African? How many folks are just American? How many folks are just human? Whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. So both of those are tied to the cosmological disruption, and then it leads to alienation from family, clan, and denial of the communal norm. The cognitive disruption, continuing, you get fear, apathy, 
phobia, inhibition, and clouded sensory perception. And all of that leads to a compromised intellectual creativity. All I can rap about is bitch, hoe, and nigga versus how I can create a system to of, of networks where I'm a rapper, I got millions of dollars, so I'm going to buy up um, vacated areas of land, and I'm going to employ black people to build on that land, and then we decide what we need in that particular area, and then I'm going to employ black people to run that particular business. Compromised intellectual creativity. Ideological impotence. <laughs> I could do a whole show on that. I might. Alien validation, certification, dependency syndrome. One reason why I even get some white folks that, 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 that say some of what we say is because a lot of black folks won't listen to me and Holip and Ifama and, 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 and Amachi and other folks because we're black folks. So they only listen to what we're saying if white folks are saying it. They're like, oh, okay. So we got to listen to a little bit of Michael Moore. we got to listen to a little bit of Noam Chomsky. we got to listen to a little bit of Tim Wise. Um, just because so many of us need the validation from other folks, that's because our paradigm, our reality has been disrupted. Emasculated potential. That's a whole show in itself. Reactive psychosis. We're reactive. We don't want to build a nation because we are an upstanding people who the world came to for their knowledge and because I want to pass on uh, my legacy to my children and other folks that look like me because I have this righteous history. No, we want to run the plantation that these other motherfuckers got because we're being reactive and we don't know how to run our own affairs. Physical disruption is the next one within the paradigm disruption model. That was 30 minutes already. I'm going to really have to look into possibly paying blog talk because this is fucking crazy. Um, you got addiction, physical termination, imprisonment, and disease of stress, which then leads to the neutralization or elimination of physical potential. If you don't, if all your male warriors and female warriors are locked up in jail, because they may have done some stupid stuff or because their energy of that particular age, which in our paradigm we would know how to deal with, if that got misdirected and redirected into stupid activity and then you got caught up in the prison system, so you've got tons of your warriors in prison, you have effectively eliminated the physical potential of moving forward for a large group of people. Because they are geared, they are somewhere else. Abortion, fratricide, execution, genocide, maiming, channeled potential to anti-African or non-productive activity and impotence. Again, that those could be whole shows off in itself. And then spiritual disruption, alien religion, ignorance or denial of spirit. I've spoke on length at some of this, and I'll speak at length in the future on that, which leads to repressed spiritual consciousness and receptivity and compromised social order and distorted personal development. When you let another culture take over your existence, 
and you don't question it, and you don't look at your culture untainted to try to see what it was, and you just take on the culture that's been put upon you, you will have paradigm disruption. And every single thing that I read off in this paradigm disruption model is rampant in 80 to 90% of our existence today. Wow, that was quick. We're going to continue this. So uh, what's my number? 760-454-1111, if you want to continue in on this. Um, if not, definitely um, pick it up on the archives because we're going to leave this point. And there was there's another issue that came up with um, the Watoto of denial, a ten and nine year old who did a song and a video called "The Letter to Little Wayne." And so I'm going to read because it made national news. So I'm going to read that and then play the song, and then we're going to talk about that too. But we're also going to finish up. Um, this war between reality. So um, I'm going to play the close. Well, hopefully the switchboard doesn't die, so then I can play it. But um, um, we're going to play the close, and then we're going to move forward. So Abibi Fahodie, Total African Liberation, Yebedi Inkonim, we will be victorious. system of European control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work and they will lose their control. All right, so the war between realities, page 214, um, Sankofa movement. The nature of the interaction between African and the non-African geopolitical cultural paradigms corresponds directly with the relative health and vitality of the respective paradigm at any given moment in history with their interaction. During the formative years of European civilization, when Kemet was the teacher of the Greeks in all periods to civilization, as Jean told us, the character of that interaction was one of accommodation. Basically, the Greeks <laughs> um, gave us our props. The world came to Kemet and gave us our props, and we went from there. However, when Kemet was weakened by centuries of greed, social rigidification, and cultural stagnation, and the insidious and corrosive incursions of non-African cosmology, cultural values, and the consequent civil disorder, that provided occasion for the unchecked immigration of numerous foreigners and it kindled the designs of conquest and power in Kemet's neighboring states. It was during these times of foreign invasion and conquest that the relationship between the two sweet between the two spheres was one of aggression, penetration, and domination. 
And so you see the ascendancy of Libyans, Hyksos, Assyrians, Persians, Greco-Romans. During, during the times of our collapse was when other folks rose up. And then they walk through, they, they, they go through the conflict of cultural paradigms to demonstrate the reordering of one or the other paradigms depends upon the relative strength and integrity of the paradigm. When the Euro, when the Euro, this is key, when the Euro-Asiatic paradigm is dominant, the communal order of the African paradigm is fragmented, and its primal dynamic of collectivism and the stabilizing role of the shrines is compromised. I, I, I hope y'all are getting that. They and and yes, they rose. Caucasus rose only because we fell. If enslavement doesn't happen, and Dr. Clark talks about this, there's a book called Topics in West African History by um, Ancestor. Um, I do Baohen, I think it's B-A-O-H-E-N And he, get, he he was African historian And he was walking through in, in a chapter of he was walking through What Africa was looking like You know, right before enslavement And and there was large transportation developments That were being done That was um, connecting East Africa with West Africa Um and other things were being done to connect north with south. And he goes as far as saying if enslavement doesn't happen, Africa would have progressed, you know, in, into the quote-unquote modern age just like everyone else did. We were, doing this, we were doing certain things at that time that was in lock stock with all the other cultures. You know, China was building up and doing certain things at that time. Um, Europe was just coming out of their dark ages, and they were rebuilding around that time. But then Africa, you know, so we, I won't say, you know, we we can only speculate now. Things would have been hunky-dory. I don't know if I can go that far. But we would have been at least on more or less equal footing with everyone else if enslavement doesn't happen. Which also goes to say that your cognizoids would not be in this paramount position of authority <laughs> that they want to be, claim to be, some folks believe they are in now, if it wasn't for 400 years of free fucking labor. Um, and so we really have to understand that their road rise corresponded directly with our fall. And so I don't have time to go into the whole thing because I do want to talk about this little Wayne thing. But one thing that, that that going on page 216, despite the pervasiveness of the Eurasiatic cultural paradigm among Africans throughout the continent and the diaspora and its obvious deleter, deleterious effects, the reality of the African can never be totally subverted. It will never cease to exist. As a people, we have existed in confusion for centuries, and an overwhelming number of our youth are adrift in a cultural or spiritual vacuum or otherwise drowning in a sea of non-African-derived chaos. Even as we watch, yeah, and so then he goes through, you know, 
how even as we watch all this stuff being done, even as we watch all this stupidity <laughs> um, manifest itself, all of the shrines, every spiritual resource that these folks have to put together this book and what they've been doing for 30 years has come back to say we were not conquered. We were confused. And that we will win this. But 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 cultural cohesion is at the center of that and rebuilding strong Uncompromisable, uncompromising African families is at the core of that. And so, Block Talk going to kick me off in a minute. So, um, let me get this other piece in here real quick. So, yeah, so, where did that? So, I'm flipping through Yahoo, you know, checking out stuff and. I see a little thing that says Little Wayne's lyrics come into criticism, and I'm like, okay, he ain't. <laughs> All his lyrics should be coming into criticism. So what's what's this about? And it had mentioned that a group called Watoto on the Nile, which are it's a ten year old, a nine year old, and an eight year old. The eight year old, we don't say too much, uh, but the ten year old, nine year old, they wrote a song. Uh, they're up in Baltimore. And their father is part of a group called Soul Vivas Nation. And um, they they have, I, I've heard them speak before, I, I've heard them do their rap before, um, real conscious, good stuff. I didn't send it here. Ah, get again tomorrow. Um, hmm, that's weird. But, yeah, so anyway, so they did the song and they did a video. Critiquing, I guess they had heard one of his songs called "I'm Single," and they was just like, "This is just horrible. I need to, we need to say something and do something about this." And um, and so they did. And so if you go on YouTube and you click it, you click, um, or you just type "Watoto on the Nile," or probably even "Watoto." I doubt if there's too many things called "Watoto" on YouTube. Um, you'll see the whole video. And um, what I found interesting was that they had said that these ten year, this ten year old, nine year old, eight year old was receiving all types of crazy, crazy um, responses because they dared to. Oh, here we go. That they dared to um, talk about and challenge Little Wayne. And one fool had even said, oh, well, they're just too young to know what's really going on. And I'm like, everything that pretty much has come out of his mouth has been stupid negative. And so you don't need to be um, – oh, I'm sorry. Earlier this week, Little Wayne was called to task by three little girls, Sister Nia, 10, Naya, 9, and Kamaria, 5, who formed the Baltimore, Maryland-based Group Watoto from the Now released a song, Letter to Little Wayne, that questioned the New Orleans rapper's lyrics that degrade women and promote drug abuse. Letter to Little Wayne is recorded over an instrumental of Little Wayne's song, I'm Single. In less than one week, the independent release of Soul Vivas Records have received nearly 200,000 plays and was featured on numerous blogs. 
While the song is written in respective tone and Wayne is referred to as Mr. and Sir throughout, it is direct from the opening line. This message is for Mr. Wayne. I'm sorry, but I must complain about what you do and what you say. And the song gets more specific. And I'm going to just go ahead and play the song. And if I have enough time with Blog Talk, then I'll read the rest of the article. But um, if you've heard, you know, Survivor's Nation, they they be putting it down. And so they, they, they gave, you know, some of their younger folks a chance to shine. And they've been getting all crazy type of messages from it. But um, us at the conscious community, we should be happy for it. So here we go. This message is to miss away. I'm sorry, plus I must complain about what you do and what you say. I'm sorry that I feel this way. And I'm a girl that's only 10. But for my sisters, I must represent. How old are you? I know you're 20-something Excuse me for the interruption I guess that means that you're a man But something I can't understand The way you talk, the way you act I hate when you be doing that And people say they know the drug So tell me, sir, who should I trust? Them. Are you promoting something? It's time my people stop the fronting. A lack of single. You lack knowledge, information, inspiration, and you're single. And then you start cursing. They make it even worse when they play it with the radio version. Make it sound like Goes up to Philly Jill. 